Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger style, Lee Moriarty, Dominic Carini. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. And welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared J. Hawk Hawkins. Joining me, as always, he's the build of my Ted, the bend of my Jerry, the Mufaka to my Scar, Charlie Butter. Why do you get to be Scar? <laughs> I, I actually considered doing Scar to my, to my, to my Mufaka, and then I went, that makes you the bad guy, and people like you for some reason. So. I, I don't know about that. I mean, you always, you always kind of make me out to be the bad guy in these situations with your stories, so and that's fine. It's, it's probably halfway true. Uh, so what's been going on this week, man? Uh, much, much of the game, and then about all come much different. A lot of fucking work, dude. Like, I hear it. I hear it. You know, won't go into any detail for Avian Creek and Pleasant. I'm, I'm exhausted. Yeah, I feel it, man. Uh, I had a, had a longer week last week. Uh, just me and one other guy at the at the job for the week. Uh, the boss had to take some time off, and uh, so it was, it was uh, very interesting. But I'm very happy to say that, like, me and this other guy work really well. So it wasn't too terrible of a week. Um, thank God, because I just... I can't keep doing it, man. It's. <sighs> I, I feel you. I'm right there with you. Oh. But hey, uh, you know, we got the come down from, from AIW. We got more AIW on the, on the way and things are really starting to kind of open back up and I'm starting to feel kind of confident that maybe by fall we might, uh, we might be able to go do more pro wrestling and you might be able to ref some more. That so. would be nice. Yeah. I'd, uh, I'd be real happy about that. And you know, we'll keep making inroads here and maybe we'll get you on a little, little referee traveling tour down the road. Yeah. I am all about, I am all about the road trip. I will make deals on finances. Like I, what he's saying is hot dogs and handshakes. People, he is all about the hot dogs and the handshakes. Uh, Let's not get ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. I I will expect money, but I'm not going to be, I'm not going to start holding out for a hundred dollars or anything. Yeah. You're, you're no Tom Dunn. So, (laughs) Oh, (laughs) hey you were taking shots at him on our twitter page during the aiw show on thursday last week so literally two weeks ago he literally enforced no rule for 10 minutes and all of a sudden a choke when he started the five count it's like what the fuck are you doing at this point you should tweet at him about this and be like hey see what he says that'd be really entertaining see you two go at it every once in a while he comes into my work i'll ask him to a fake what the fuck do it i don't care do it that'd be hilarious Right, one year, man. Our first anniversary show. Yes, sir. We're we're into season two of IWTV Guide. Uh, eventually, I'm gonna do a new intro for us. Haven't had the time to get some, you know, some some wrestlers to uh, record some stuff for us. Maybe throughout this year, maybe by season three, we'll have a new one. I'm I'm hoping I get to go to more wrestling. I'm gonna try to get some uh at aiw next month if i get to go to a show this month which i'm still holding out for next weekend uh i might be able to get another one there um trying to think what else i want to talk about real quick oh uh there is going to be a new on a tear this coming uh weekend possibly friday night possibly saturday uh i'm not gonna tell you who it is yet it's uh they, they do have lots of things to talk to us about uh, when it comes to new Texas pro wrestling. So I'll just say that yeah, if, if you follow our Twitter page, it should not be a big surprise. Right. Exactly. Be, but <laughs> no, I got a question for you. Oh yes. Is Lee Moriarty still the independent wrestling champion? 
He is not. No, he lost to Wheeler Yuta on May Kick at Beyond Wrestling Project Reality. Did you have a chance to see the match yet? I did. That was fucking great, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I I honestly, I watched, I was laying in bed watching it, and uh, I want to say like maybe 45 minutes in, I might have fallen asleep, and I had to go, I had to go back and watch it out, because I woke up literally as the match ended, and I heard like that Wheeler Yuta's the champion, I'm like, wait, what? And then, uh, I so I went back and rewatched the, the end, and uh, yeah, so... I mean, how do you feel about that? Do you think that uh, he needed to have a long title run, or do you feel like we just came off of like an almost two-year title run? Uh, what I was expecting, when that was the 90 defense of that title, I was expecting Moriarty to hold it to 100 and then drop it. Okay. He would have had five or six title defense and probably a four- or five-month reign at that point. I did not expect it to be as short as it was. That being said, there are rumors going around that Lee Moriarty is going elsewhere. And that necessitated him dropping the belt when he did. Right. Now, if the rumors are true, congratulations for one. He definitely deserves that. But you can see why they did it. And it's not like really Yuta's not a deserving champion. Right. He's had this build uh, coming up to everything. And what's really interesting is, I mean, I could even see them uh, going again and Lee beating him again. I mean, it's, it's absolutely possible. Like, this is a story that... I think we may not have seen the end of yet. I mean, it, it's this chapter's closed, but I feel like it could pick right back up because I mean, look at look, look what he did. Uh, you know, attacking Edith Surreal uh, after her title match. I mean, there's a lot there uh, to to unpack and possibly you know it could still unfold. I mean, Edith Surreal could get a, a match and beat him now. At this point, I'm kind of. Hoping that they hot shot the belt around a little bit. I think it's, you know, it was on War Horse for so long that I feel like it needs to uh, go to, you know, a couple different people. There's so many people deserving right now that are on the come up that will help uh, raise the prestige of that belt. And I feel like it doesn't need to be on somebody for, you know, five, six months again after it was just on somebody for two years or two plus years. I think that. Uh, you can get, you know, several, like with the way wrestling is coming back at this point, and there's multiple shows every weekend. Now we're kind of getting open back up. Uh, you can get, you know, six, six, seven title defenses out of somebody and, uh, have them drop it within like a three month span again. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting to see that, uh, I did joke on Twitter that we have to call Wheeler Yuta the independent wrestling champion. And uh, so I'm doing that now. I'm holding my word to it because he did like my comment and laugh at me because I said, I can't believe I have to call him that. Uh, I am not a fan uh, of his evil character. Um, but yeah, he is deserving. So I guess for now until, you know. Yeah. And the time of the match, according to Beyond Ruckling, because I did not have a watch on it. Mm-hmm. 52 minutes and 15 seconds. I think it was every bit of that. It definitely felt like the feeling out process was like 30 minutes and then it started picking up steam from there. And it just, yeah. The best part was I didn't get to watch the match until last night. And, and I'm looking for the match. My wife's like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to get a shower. I'm like, okay, no problem. And I found where the intro started and started watching it. They made the 30 minute call. My fiance was still in the shower. <laughs> but she come finally come out of the shower. I'm like, did you enjoy that night hot shower? She's like, yeah, I did. I'm like, yeah, you're in there like 45 minutes. I'm like, could have been that long. And I'm explaining to her how I know it got at least 30. <laughs> yep. Now that that was been, and that did not feel like 52 minutes at all. Like that was that was uh, really well done. It did to me, but it also 
didn't bother me that it did. You know what I mean? Like it was good enough that I knew like how long it was, but at the same time, like it didn't bother me that it was that long. It was cool that it was that long. I was okay with it. Cause if you're going to do the title change, at least Lee, you really had to go head to head with Lee to get that off of him. Even though, you know, the kind of commentary really put over the fact that, well, he had lost like five, five to seven times to these people, non-title matches. And he just got lucky and all this kind of stuff, almost burying him to a point. It kind of pissed me off a little bit because we know how good Lee is. And it wasn't just a fluke win that he beat Warhorse. We know that like, it's more than that. So like that kind of pissed me off at the start of the, but then as that unfolded, that was kind of like their backdrop to this story of like why this was going to happen, that it was just, you know, he got lucky, but then it was maybe more than that. Maybe his opinion changed throughout the match. And, uh, so, I mean, it is what it is, but. And that was something we had talked about before with Lee and the Collective. Everybody came out talking about how great Lee won out of the Collective. He won one match that weekend. Right. Yeah. So. I don't know, but I, I, I've heard things, but, you know, it is what it is. And uh, it's it's cool that, you know, he at least got to hold the title. And uh, hopefully he's off to, to bigger and better things. So we'll keep an eye out on that. Yep. And if not, I'm interested in him shaking and trying to get the belt back. Yes. So, so either way is is cool for me. So. All right, uh, let's let's find out what's on IWTV this week. What's on IWTV? All right, so Tuesday, May 11th at 8 p.m. Eastern, we have New South Action Clash 35, followed by 9 p.m. Eastern, Heavy Metal Wrestling, Mall Madness, Episode 7. And following that at 10 p.m., Absolute Intense Wrestling, Go For Broke, Episode 6. Wednesday, May 12th, at 7 p.m. Eastern, Limitless Wrestling, The Road, Season 3, Episode 12. Followed by 10 p.m., Paradigm Pro Wrestling, Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Can See, and that will feature a match sponsored by us here at IWTV Guide. Can you guess what that match is? I honestly have not even looked at the lineup. That match is Billy Starks versus Everett Connors. Oh, nice. Yes. As soon as I saw that match was happening, I was like, yeah, we're sponsoring that. That's, that's a no-brainer. So, yeah, uh, we sponsored that. So be on the lookout for that. I can't wait to watch that. And the new season of uh, No Hook starts up, uh, I believe, after this episode, starting next week, I believe. So uh, that's going to be super awesome. I was uh, talked to Jay Rose a little bit about that uh, over the weekend. And, uh, man, I don't envy him. He's got uh, his hands full uh, with that show. So. <laughs> All right, uh, and Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, H2O, pay your dues for, put up or shut up. And then Friday, man, we got a we got an action double header at six thirty Eastern. We have a live show, action wrestling, and then at nine p.m. Eastern, we have to the moon. An obvious reference to Dogecoin. Uh, I can't believe Matt did that, but here we are. Uh, and on that show, uh, on those shows, actually, we're gonna see the debut there of Josh Bishop, Wes Barkley, and uh, I believe our 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 friend of the show, Dominic Greeny gets an action title match and i'm stoked for that hopefully uh maybe maybe he wins maybe he brings some gold home to to canton ohio that would be definitely nice and that should be a fantastic match as well uh i'm sure you're right that the show name is a dogecoin reference but you could pack it off like a honeymooners reference if you really wanted to oh absolutely uh but i know for a fact it was that because he said uh, in a tweet that he was crazy enough to, to reference uh, that. And then the show name came out and yeah. So, but yeah, you absolutely could. Absolutely. Alice. Okay. And Sunday, May 16th at 5 PM Eastern beyond wrestling 
Women's Wrestling Revolution presents Let's Talk About Wrestling. And on that show is Edith Surreal versus Trisha Dora. So I am stoked for that match. Nice. That's going to be bad fucking ass. Uh, and that's what's on IWTV this week. There's some good stuff on this week. Hell yeah. Uh, we'll be right back after this commercial. You can't see what's not seen until you let go of what is seen. And that's, I'm talking about your money. Hey there, I'm Austin. And I'm Dalton. And we are a couple of guys who've become friends over our love of professional wrestling and all things carny related to said sport. So we decided to take our love of that and create a podcast about grifters and charlatans and con men. It's called If You Catch My Grift, and it will be available every Saturday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you may get your podcast from. Welcome back, and it is now time for our main event. The Weekly Review. And this week, it is the Big Dark Brand Invitational. February 9th, 2021, from the Big Dark Brand Performance Center in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Not the arena. Correct. Our yeah. announcer for the show, Chad French, mentioned that several times. Uh, come time in a row. Yes, and uh, I, I thought he did really well for being solo commentary. Yeah, co- commentary is not easy anyway, and solo commentary especially. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need that break to gather your thoughts, and that having somebody to play off of will help you do that. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, tell him that in the future, give me a call. I will uh, be that terrible co-partner for you. Uh, if, you know, nobody else wants to do it, I'd be happy to help you with that. You, you, can, tell a lot of, you can tell a lot of bad joke and get your co over with the expense of talent. Exactly. I could totally, uh, you know, do some some terrible off-brand version of Bobby Heenan that everybody hates, uh, including me. So, Okay, so most of the show is determined. There is one non-tournament match later in the show that we will get to. First match of the quarterfinal, Levi Everett versus Adam Clade. And, and Levi Everett, of course, you know, has the butter churner with him. So, Clay jumpstarts the match, and we get our first dive 17 seconds into the fucking show. I don't consider it a dive. It was, like, it wasn't a suicide dive, first off. Maybe it was a dive, but it wasn't a suicide dive. I never get a suicide dive. But still better than a suicide dive, because that's what everyone does right into the beginning of a match, uh, especially Gary J. Uh, I feel like this was just, like, the the double leg, like, the um, the wrecking ball kick, and I think that that gives it leeway because it wasn't the same. So I, I did, I forgave it. Plus he didn't even like land it. So like he just went out to the apron and then hit a, a senton off a cannonball off onto Levi's. So which is still technically a dive. Stop it. Stop it right now. And you know me, I, I don't mind diving directly matching, but 17 seconds. Get it like, okay, what are we going to fucking do tonight? Got to start off hot, baby. Get the crowd going. All three of them. Right. Uh, which, 
we're in COVID times. This is a COVID crowd. You're not going to have a big crowd here for this show. Hopefully we get uh, another uh, Mouse's Wrestling Adventure show and it's at full capacity again and we get to be in attendance because yeah. I would absolutely love to be at one of his shows, help out however I can. I think I said this the last time we reviewed on our most listened to episode uh, because everyone loves Mouse. Oh, so that's why we decided our one year anniversary. Why not uh, try to pop those ratings again? So. Yeah, I'll, I'll give the guy credit. They worked hard. They cold well. They cold almost too well, but they're two minutes in and they were already feeling like they were dead. <laughs> I mean, they were just exchanging like heavy blows too. So, I mean, I guess like it's the realisms there. Uh, one thing that really stood out to me was there was a spot uh, as towards the end, but it wasn't the end. Uh, Levi has that great jumping knee that always sounds great. Uh, he gets a good smack every time he uh, hits that knee and, uh, Slade actually bounced off the rope selling it and came back with the spinning back elbow that was nice. fucking sweet. Yeah. Uh that was a really, really good spot. I really like that. Um it popped me pretty good. Uh so that that was uh definitely a highlight for me. And then Levi's headbutt leading into oh. the, the the finish with the, the spine buster yeah. was was a thing of beauty as well. Levi's headbutts like he uses his head a lot <laughs> throughout his matches, I've noticed. Uh so it's uh it's it's very entertaining but also like kind of scary at the same time and uh that elbow or that uh headbutt landed right dead center in the chest it was it was a good thud it was pretty good yeah so it is Everett with the win after that headbutt and fine butter combo five minutes and 19 seconds i have no issue with short matching in the first round of a tournament especially the guy went fat pay they went all out right off the bat i think it's great that you actually uh recorded times on this because i didn't even think about it so <laughs> well i and we're thinking like cage match was like a minute off on my time, like the entire way through. Too. Really? Hmm. Maybe they started from like the moment, like the, uh, the video thing came up and not when the actual, they were a minute short. Oh, a minute short. They were a minute short, like the entire show. Hmm. I do. I am using, uh, one of cage match at the time. I think I forgot to start the stopwatch. I'm, uh, I'll let you know which one that is. Okay. Our next quarterfinal match, Kevin Giga versus Braden Lee. And this one, this one was the Gary J Invitational three dives in fifteen seconds right off the top. <laughs> uh, not only that, but also uh, I I believe we watched these guys wrestle on an IW Mid South show like in December. Uh, I was like a, right. a December show, and they had a, a great match there. So I was like, oh, this is going to be really good. Uh, I know that they can have a good match together, and there was just all kinds of great stuff here. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Giza went for those three dives. He got caught on the third one. And that was impressive. Yeah. Uh, well, dude, Braden is so, like, dude, I'm telling you, that dude is just, like, such a gifted athlete. It's it's disgusting how gifted he is. Uh but yeah, he caught him. Uh, he uh, ended up getting countered out of that. He went into the ring and hit a Fosbury flop uh, back on him, which was dope. Uh, that's always a good time. Uh, there was so many like great stuff, uh, good stuff in here. Dude, uh, he had a really good setup to get uh, a second rope suplex on uh, Kevin Giza. And then he followed it up with a tombstone into a chest breaker, which I thought was really cool. Definitely a unique move. I haven't seen a lot of, I know it's in like one of the WWE games, but I haven't seen anybody like hit it on the Indies in a hot minute. So that was really cool. Um, there was a, a segment where we had Kevin Giza hit a Canadian destroyer into a ball buster, which is like a, almost like a Canadian destroyer lung blower, which is just wild. And they and he, and that didn't even get a cover and leave it too close to the rope. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was. But he was too close to the rope. I will forgive it. 
That was, that's normally the one I throw a fit, but too close to the rope, I can buy. I'll let that one go. Right. Uh, then uh, Ginka hit a frog splash onto the apron and then in the ring. Yes, and I was like, oh, man, this is this has got to be it. But it wasn't it. Nope. And uh, it ended up being uh, Braden Lee getting that that shooting star press for the one, two, three. Five minutes and 15 seconds. All that in five, barely five minutes. It was fucking wild, dude. Like, that's that's a that's an X Division match right there. Yeah. Cork in the X Division, that's uh, an X Division match because the X, we, you're the X Division. You don't get more than five minutes. Fuck you. But and on this show, it's okay. You got, company got to go back out there. Go. I'm still really enjoying that meme that I made of you. <laughs> Every time you talk about mainstream wrestling, I just think about that meme. Yeah, and that's, and that's why I'm a Twitch star and we fuck on. Greeting, by the way. Oh, man, that shit was funny. I'm, I'm going to post that again so everybody that listens to this can see it. <laughs> Thank Eddie Kingston for blowing the Capri on Friday night for Steve Guy having that reaction to make me a meme. Yeah. All right. Our next quarterfinal match. Trey Lamar versus Alec Crowley. Completely different from the first two matches. These, they, these, went at, these two went at a slower pace. Did some more Matt rate wrestling. Yeah. Did some really good stuff. Yeah, the like I, I have written down that it was a lot of good back and forth. Uh, Crowley hit a lot of like a springboard arm drags and stuff like that, which I thought looked really great. Um, very athletic for her. I don't think I could ever do any type of springboard move. I'd probably break my neck again. Uh, she also hit a rainmaker at one point that I thought looked really great. Um, she went for the top rope, top rope code breaker and got caught and almost into the line table. She countered out. She uh, hit some more moves and then um, she went up and hit it again. He got a great. Um, he was using this uh, big double stomp that kind of like Kofi was using. Um, Trey, Trey used that a couple times throughout the, like the tournament. And I, I thought it looked great every time he hit it and made it in the way the angle they filmed it, made it look real big, real, uh, real big deal. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. No dive in this match. And to make a note of it, <laughs> the first match we haven't had it yet. And, uh, he wins with the lion tamer. So this is the first submission of the, uh, tournament. So, yeah. What I liked about, about the Trey Lamar is the one guy in the entire tournament. I'm a heel. I'm doing heel shit. Yes. And he did it. He did the entire tournament. It went with the Lion Tamer, Kevin Minnick in 43 seconds. And I think that's why it was like a great setup for him as he went throughout the tournament as a heel. Uh, and then we got to the, uh, we'll get to it later, but like very much felt like uh, he was being set up to um, really to, to win the whole thing. I mean, I, I really had my money on him. Uh, obviously, I wanted uh, Braden Lee to win. Uh, but like they, that, like, I very much thought like, uh, I think Trey is going to win this. Like I had a, I had a big feeling after his first match. I was like, I don't, I don't know, man, this is, it felt different. It felt like he's just on a different level than everybody. It's real, real, I don't know, hard to explain, I guess, but uh, the best way I can explain it is he felt like it was a different level. Like there was something there for him to continue through the tournament. Our final quarterfinal round match, Cole Redrick against a Perry. These two guys, no strangers to each other. I know they've had matches before that can well. Right. And it showed here. Um, great line by commentary on this one. Imagine knowing both of these guys could get the not booking them on every show you have. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, and he's right. Like, these are two of the best out there right now. They need to be working more play. Yes. Yes, definitely. Okay, this is another one had some really good wrestling the whole way through. We did get a dive about four minutes in. I think that's about the point I just stopped counting the dive. but Yeah, we, we joked about uh, before the show started about uh, having a dive counter throughout the show just for fun, but uh, obviously we didn't do that. 
Okay, I think your notes are more detailed on this match than mine. I'll go and let you go uh, and take over here. They're not that detailed. I have, I just have like spots basically written down that I thought was really cool. Uh, at one point, Cole Radrick hit a step in Hurricanrana, which you know you, you see step in cutters, step in uh, uh, face breakers, that kind of stuff. But I've never seen a step in Hurricanrana until I saw Cole hit it on this match, which I thought was really cool. Um, Ace Perry hit a really good looking springboard Swanton which like what he went all the way across the fucking ring to hit, which was cool. And then he hit this trifecta of ace, uh, ace crushers to get the win, which I was like kind of pissed, like seeing him have to hit three, but then like in the, in the sequence that he hit them in, like each one was more impactful and then he got the win off of it. So I was like, okay, I can't complain there. Right. Like at least it did he didn't kick out after hitting three ace crushers. So I wasn't very upset about that. I thought that was actually a pretty solid finish to it. Uh, dude, like Cole Ryderick has like these really unique ways that he folds people into moves and hits like pile drivers and, and bombs like power bombs and shit. And I just, I love watching him just like bend people into this move and it comes out of nowhere and you're just like, how the fuck did he get somebody into that position to fucking hit that move? Like, how did he even come up with it? Like, is he sitting there playing with wrestling figures, figuring this out? Or has he just got that much ring time that he's sitting there being able to figure this stuff out? Or who's he watching? Because I want to know who he's picking these up from. Because holy shit. It could be a combination of all of that. Very true. Uh, so, yeah, that uh, that was definitely all my notes for that. But uh, very impressive match. Um, I, I've i seen Ace Perry a bunch. And... I've never given him the time of day really until this match. And uh, I really enjoy this match from him. So I, I think I need to maybe watch more of his stuff. Like he is, he is really good. I just, I don't know why I kind of just glazed over him and didn't pay attention before. And Kevin 47, the time of the fall on that one. And then we go to the semifinal match. It's now commentary made the same mistake. I would have here. And they got, the, he, he got that guy going to wrestle this guy, that guy going to wrestle this guy, and he baked it on the order that the match actually took place. Right. Which is how most people would book a tournament. Right. They didn't do it here. The winner of one against the winner of three and the winner of two against the winner of four in this game. Right. So we get the semifinal match of Levi Everett against Trey Lamar. Right off the bat, Levi Everett is trying to teach Trey Lamar how to turn. Learn to churn. Learn to churn. Trey's going to try to do it standing up. Levi's like, no, you got to get down. You got to get down. He's like, I'm going to stand and do it. And then he kicks the churn. And then that pick and Levi off, and we're off and, and we're off and running. Yes. Go uh, so again. Good stuff here. Trey doing all kinds of heel stuff throughout. Uh, Levi got up for a dive. I got kicked in the face. Yeah, Trey was working over Levi's back throughout the match, which I thought was smart, considering he has a lion tamer as a finish. So it makes sense to work over the back, weaken that back that might have already been weakened in the first round match, yeah. and then uh, yeah. yeah. Levi hit it fine, Bunter. He didn't go for the pin this time around off of it. No. Uh, Levi went up to the top rope again. Trey rolled to the floor to, to avoid getting hit with it. Beautiful move. Uh, Trent for the move again, then Trey pulled him off the top rope. And that led to Trey Lamar going up top himself, hitting the froggy elbow. Yeah. For the pin and 530 kick. Yeah, he uh, that froggy bow is another move that he's been pulling out a lot lately. And uh, he's got like he's got this really, really great. I love that like in the time that he's been away, like the, the wrestling's been away, like he was able to come up with a solid sequence of moves throughout the match. That's what I like to watch when I'm, it's like 
you have all these signatures, so you know when you know, he, he gets somebody into this position where he's going to bounce them off the ropes, he's going to roll through with them, hit him with this, hit him with that. I love being able to see these sequences coming up with him and how he's busting out these moves and like how he can integrate and like flip stuff around and, and tweak each one throughout the matches and stuff like that. It's fucking great. That's why I, th- I said like he's just on this other fucking level and it's it's crazy to see like he it's it's a joy to watch like his matches have been really great uh in the last year like just unbelievable yeah you have to think it's only a matter of time before somebody picked him up well i mean he is uh he's not signed to impact but he was definitely had some dark matches and was doing stuff there hopefully they they wise up and uh sign him i don't know what they're all doing with uh aew and them and like their new japan deal and if he gets lost in the shuffle i hope not hopefully he uh can can make it back there and make a bigger splash uh i think if you put him and josh alexander together i think that that would be the magic that they would say hey okay we need to sign this guy yeah so from there we have our other semi-final match Braden lee against dave perry the one i forgot to start my watch on no i, my, no, I don't have the time on this one we got some really good re- matt reckling here a Perry playing a subtle heel on this one. He controlled most of the match, accurate called of it. Not really blatantly cheating, but doing a couple of things here and there to where you know you're not supposed to cheer for him. Yeah, I don't have much written down for this one. Uh, this is a really good match. Um, there are a lot of near falls in this one. Lee hit the shooting star prick at one point, did not get the pin off of it. Yeah. At one point, they did rolling superplex. <laughs> yeah. And superplex, roll over, play come back on top. Another superplex, roll over, play come back on top. Then the third one got countered and got counted into a freaking destroyer and a Rana, and a Rana funnel by a destroyer. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was like a poison Rana and then a destroyer and then uh, the shooting star press to advance. So it was good stuff, man. Like they, they had some chemistry there, but also his back got worked on as well throughout the match, which again, big target for Trey. Yeah. So that, that kind of led into, uh, you know, going into our finals down the road here. Uh, you know, is he going to be able to compete? His back's injured. Uh, you know, Trey, that's obviously a huge advantage for Trey. Yeah, no, definitely good, good, good stuff there. I, I, I'm not going to pull it up here. I want to say cage match had 1220 kick for the time. Okay. That's kind of about right. Sure. I didn't have, <laughs> I don't have, I didn't make, I didn't make time this one. From there, we get our one non-tournament match here. Billy Stark taking on Aaron Williams. I like the idea of this being the spot for the non-tournament match between mm-hmm. the semifinal and final. Absolutely. Get both guys a chance to rest before the final. Right. I've seen come time where they do it between the quarterfinal and the semifinal and go straight to the final because that just makes no sense to me. I've seen it more often than not where they're just trying to fill spaces with people, so they'll do it in between. They'll have a couple matches in between the second round and then another couple of matches in between the finals, and it just – drags everything else out i think if you're going to do it you just want to do one match in between the the uh second round and then the finals and be done with it you don't need to do anything extra if you do one between each round i'm okay with that but depending on what it is and, and how long it takes yeah. yeah i don't need a 15 minute tag match in between those that just no thank you yeah go i'm expecting oh, this one i was expecting aaron heel to just be the uh, aaron williams to just be the big bad heel the entire time mm-hmm. we actually got some really good technical wrestling for a few minutes of that some nice clean scientific wrestling yeah he he really uh tried not to do a bunch of strikes and stuff like that i think the story they were kind of telling was like you know he didn't want to like injure her to the point where you know he was striking her uh, so he very much played like, you know, holding back from from hitting her or anything like that and just trying to work wrestling holds and that kind of stuff on her. 
um, and working her arm a whole bunch. So I thought that was a good story to tell uh, for this match. And then uh, I just have written down angry gremlin because at one point she was just like screaming at him and running at him. And he was just like picking her up and tossing her onto her back. Like and she just kept getting back up and getting angry and running back at him again. And it just, just uh, the, the angry gremlin thing just made me cackle. And I was just like, yeah, that's, that's what it's, that's what it sounded like. It was hilarious. Yeah, Billy Stark, we mentioned it the last time we reviewed one of her matches. She's great at fighting from underneath. She's yes. great in that underdog role. Great on the comeback. She ends up getting a spin kick as part of her comeback to do the double 10 count. Then this match goes on for like another five minutes. I felt like it went too long after the double down. It okay. would be my only gripe with this match. I think after that, like it really, she started fighting back. Like that was like the double down. She came back and started like fighting. Like she was going to figure out a way to, to beat him. And then he just like, was like, all right, I'm done playing with you at this point. Cause she kept hitting him with strikes and like he, uh, she countered uh, something and went into a rolling strike on him. Like it was, I mean, she was landing strikes left and right, like nonstop on him. Finally, he'd had enough and just hit her with like three kicks, three or four kicks and, and knocked her out. And that was it. So. Yeah, no, really, the only trick he did won the match. It was a great story, right? At, but five, coming five minutes after the double down, all felt anticlimactic at that point. And that's, my, it, that's my that's that, my opinion. That, that's on you. I felt I thought it was fine. So I thought it. Was, I thought the story was good. Yeah, yeah. I thought they could have shaved two, three minutes off of it and not lost anything. But that and again, we talked earlier about how fifty-two minutes with Moriarty and Willyuda didn't necessarily feel like it and didn't have a problem with it. And here, thir- uh, thirteen eighteen. Felt like could have been eleven eighteen and been all right. Right. So it just all depends. Right. It's not not helping. All it's not helping that I'm watch that I had started the show at like nine o'clock on a Friday night. I was getting freaking tired at this point <laughs> either. But probably part of it more than anything else. But I yeah I watched it uh, today while I was at work again, and I'd watched it. I think the week after it dropped originally, I watched it, and I was like, oh, we should watch you know watch this for a one year show. And I was like, ah, you know what? Maybe I should brush up on it. And I, so I just threw it on again today while I was at work, kind of chilling at the end of the day. So it's fresh in my mind. Okay. And then we go to our tournament final. And there's no trophy. I'm very, I'm just going to say this mouse. How are you going to do a, a tournament with no trophy? I'm going to play devil advocate here. Every time they're a trophy at a wrestling show, it gets destroyed. Why are you going to spend money if you know the trophy couldn't get destroyed anyway? But it wouldn't have got destroyed. What are you talking about? It would have been fine. Name one wrestling trophy that didn't get destroyed like immediately after it got presented. Because because then you could have Braden go around all the indies with the Big Starks brand trophy. It would be great. Name one time that a trophy been presented in a wrestling show and hasn't been destroyed almost immediately. I'm sure there's a couple of Battle of Los Angeles that it wasn't destroyed right away. Possibly. Yeah, see, yeah, uh, shut up. <laughs> I don't follow PWG enough to know if that if that if that's the case or not. Back when I was watching them pretty constantly, I know at least I know there was one where it was, um, but that doesn't mean anything. You, why would you destroy it every single year? Obviously, there had to be years that it wasn't. So it's kind of like when you see a cake at ringside. Somebody going into the fucking cake. Eh, you know, wrestling trope. We could do a podcast on wrestling trope and probably never run out of material. This is true. But it'd be really boring. I don't think I would want to do that. <laughs> Free idea for whoever thinks they can make that really interesting. Please do so. And uh, and, yeah, and give give us credit and put one of us on the show. Yeah, every once in a while, you yeah. know. All right. So really good technical wrestling here until Trey Lamar starts being a heel and start taking control. I just want to say, yeah, like uh, Brayden Lee is like a really talented mat wrestler. Like I didn't know how talented he was, but like some of the stuff he was doing to counter out of, of Trey's moves, I was like, holy shit. Like 
that's there's some skill there that like you don't see like yeah Braden's a high flyer but dude can go on the mat too like I, f- I feel like mouse told me once before that uh Braden is you know up a, a really good uh actual like mat wrestler um and I just it, it never dawned on me until I was watching this again I'm like holy shit that's wild yeah, so Trey in control most of the first 10 minutes of the match. Uh, Lee does finally come back. He actually dunk a, he dunk a dive. The paint pick up. Some really good stuff here the last few minutes. Lee ends up winning with the shooting star press in 12 minutes and 50 seconds to win the tournament. Yeah, there was some crazy stuff in there, too. Like, uh, at one point, um, Braden hits a poison run on Trey off the second rope, and Trey lands on his feet, goes back to the corner, uh, Braden turns around, runs at him, and Trey hits that big double stomp again, which just looked like a million bucks. That was a really great sequence. Um, Trey locked in the line tamer at one point, and like he had him in such an angle that like it wasn't easy for Braden to get to the ropes. Like it really should have probably been the finish at that point. Like the way he was all tangled up, and then like it ended up like Trey ended up like being like hung into the ropes because of like getting twisted around to try to get his Braden trying to get his hand on the rope. Uh, so yeah, that was, uh, that was a segment there. And then he hit that froggy bow into the lion tamer. He hit the froggy bow on the back and then went in the lion tamer, which to me, I was like, okay, you can't like, there's no way you're getting out of this. And he still got out of it. Uh, I couldn't believe it. And then, yeah, he got that shooting star press for the three. So, I mean, and I love how the shooting star press got put over on this show. Lee won every match with it. He had hit it twice in the semifinal. Mm-hmm. But he won every match with the shooting star prep. And you don't even, even, even then the big company, you don't see that happen anymore in, in the day and age. Like finishers just aren't protected like that. Yeah. Uh, it was, I thought it was really well done. Uh, this was a really fun tournament and, uh, you know, way to, to make, you know, Braden the, uh, the face of Big Star's brand, uh, you know, the first winner of the tournament. Hopefully there's another one, uh, maybe down the road. Hopefully they, hopefully they allow fans. Hopefully Mount Nika referee to work some of the, Mansion. Yes. Please, Mouse, so I don't have to hear it anymore. Please. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm getting... I, when you haven't worked in over a year, you get bad about begging for booking. I, I get it. I mean, I told I told Mouse, like, before uh, the next show that he does, like, I'd be happy to come down and help with anything they need done. Like, just give me a holler. And it's like a five-hour drive, but you know what? It'd be fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I actually took notes. Yeah, on paper. On no paper. Way. Jayhawk is a witness. I took notes for this. I actually did my homework for this show. Go, so, go yes, number it does happen once in a while. It does happen once in a while, and also uh, I have mad respect for Mouse, so that's why this this had to happen. So that's I I I, I didn't want to you know just kind of go into this and whatever. I thought everybody did really you know worked really hard on that card, and I believe that the stuff that they have available on there at the after credits is everybody's like PayPal information because they did this show free of charge, like kind of like how AIW did uh, is doing with their go for broke series. So please, if you have a chance, watch this show and then go ahead and donate to them. Uh, give them uh, you know what you think it was worth because I thought that they really busted their ass. Um, for this and i'm going to try to work things around and donate some money towards it because I, I was thoroughly entertained at least twice by this show now so yeah and if you can't afford what you think it was worth and you might not be able to <laughs> whatever you can yes uh it's definitely you know they they went out there and did all that you know uh i think that it's you know it's worth something and uh you know they, they put on a really good show so if you were entertained by this if you check this out you know hit them up with, with something special i love i love tournament anyway so yeah, 
All right, man. Uh, so I guess we're going to probably go thumbs up with this. We're going, so. th- we're going thumbs up with it. Like even, even the stuff that I kind of cringed at was minor nitpicking stuff. And I don't even think like, I think they did a really great job with everything this time. They're, uh, you know, the last time we really, we picked about the audio commentary, they actually did it in post, which I thought was fine. I thought it sounded great. Um, they didn't have the lights that were flashing like they did at the, the, the other show, which I thought was distracting from what was going on in the ring. They just had like the big Starks brand flags out, which I thought looked cool. Uh, it's the arena, you know, the, the big Starks training, big dark brand performance. Kind yes. Of. The performance center. So, uh, looks nothing like the arena. Uh, you know, so I can't have any complaints about that. Uh, yeah. I mean, overall, I mean, I thought this was really great. It was an easy watch. It's only an hour and a half long. I mean, it's great to watch. Like I said, I, I killed time at work by watching it uh, today. So easy, easy to, to digest matches. Aren't super long. There's nothing like you said, terribly offensive in it. It's all really, really well done. The stories are fun to kind of follow along with. It's good stuff. Definitely thumbs up. Absolutely. Like, uh, yeah, any, anything, anything I could pick apart, nitpicky stuff. Again, a match going a couple minutes too long. Okay. I, I'm not, that can ruin my, that can ruin the show for me. Okay. And that's enough brown nosing of, of mouse <laughs> and big Starks brand. There is never enough mount, brown milk in a mouth. Oh, listen to you. Listen to you until you get that booking. Right. Uh, all right, man. Uh, get your plugs in. Let's go home. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ref Jayhawk. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Jayhawk one, five, three, nine. Follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ref Jayhawk. I uh, also want to shout out to, uh, if you catch my grift, Austin and Dalton will be on the show next week. And we're going to be covering AIW's second show, the Friday show. Is this something you might be interested in? Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. And don't forget about our merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Also check out our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, At Odds with Wrestling, the Spotlight Series, It's Evolution Baby, and If You Catch My Grift. And our other non-podcasting friends, pwponderings.com, Big Starks Brand, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Set Tab Photo, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Kayfabe Collectibles, Action Wrestling, Paradigm Pro Wrestling, and Southern Underground Pro. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore Butters, and you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at IWTV Guide. Wear your mask. Black Lives Matter. Talk to you next week, everyone. we
Levi Everett versus Adam Clave. Adam Clay, crap. <laughs> I have no idea where that came from. Fuck. Adam but, Clay. That could be his new gimmick. He's Mr. Slave. Gene <laughs> can cry. Oh, man. So much for fucking editing this and getting it out tonight. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. All right.